everyone. It's April, and we're here today to do some more questions to Veronica and do a little catch-up on all the pet stuff that goes on. I have to say that um, I learned something new this week. I'm, this is a, you know, moving away from the dogs and Guinness and all that. I have six kittens. I call them the kittens because they were left here by a feral cat. It was about five years ago, 2017. And I got six kittens. And in those kittens, those kittens are like one being. They're, they're like a little machine. And one of the kittens, his name is Stripes. And Stripes has always been the, one of the most snarky cats I've ever known. He's very thick in his neck. He's a strong guy. And he's, if there's trouble going on, he's in the middle of it. If there's a fight happening, he's in the middle of it. If somebody's not doing the right thing, you can be sure that it's Stripes that's doing it. And he was starting to be very disruptive to the other kittens and the dogs. I mean, he was just being a brat on so many levels that there was a part of me that said, you know, if he's going to continue with this kind of behavior, I don't know, you know, I don't might have to rehome him because he's just so violent with everybody. He beats everybody up all the time. So I decided one day, Veronica mentioned to me, she goes, maybe he's just misunderstood. So I took those words to heart, and I decided, you know what? Every time he starts his obnoxious behavior, I'm going to pull him to me and sit with him and see if I can get him to change his mind. I started every night pulling him up on the couch with me, petting him, you know, talking nice to him, and got him to even purr a few times. So I've been working with his energy, trying to calm him down a little bit. And I have to say, I finally came to the conclusion that his behavior, his bad behavior, was like a toddler wanting attention. I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, he's just trying to be, you know, get more attention than everybody else. Maybe he feels neglected. So I've started a practice of every night when I sit down to watch television and relax for the evening, I pull him up on the chair with me. I pet him. I love him up. I have to tell you, it's a different cat. He's changing how he does things. He's feeling more loved and accepted. And he's not being the big old jerk he's been for the last year, you know, beating everybody up. So I think it's a really good lesson for me to know that just because someone's behaving badly doesn't mean that they want to be, but sometimes they get caught up in the reactions of things. Stripes has turned into a lover. And I think it's because I changed my behavior. I'm starting to love him up all the time. I'm starting to rub his back. I mean, he's, and if he starts to do anything, I pick him up now. Um, there was a time where I would just get out the squirt bottle to get him to stop beating up everybody. But now I go pick him up and I sit with him and I talk to him and I say, you know, this behavior is not okay and you need to calm down. Well, guess what? He's calmed down. And he's starting to be nicer to everyone. So I would say any of you people out there that have a cat or dog that's misbehaving, why not check into why they might be misbehaving? And I think what happened here is that he felt misunderstood and it felt like that nobody was really paying attention to him because he was one of six. Now, the other ones have adjusted just fine, but we think I think that he just 
became hostile because he was so mad about being left out. So I have redeemed him. And it's really a kind of a cool thing to watch an animal decide, well, hey, I'm not going to be a jerk after all. Maybe I'll be a nice cat. I wanted to share that because I think anybody who has a problem animal has to think about it a little bit. Just don't dismiss it out of hand that they're not, you know, a good cat or they it's impossible for them to behave. There's a reason for everything. And I found out really front and center. And believe me, I've had a lot of experience with cats and dogs over the years and their behaviors. And this one here really taught me something. You take the time to be with an animal, to talk to them, find out what they need. Uh, that's what I did with Stripes. And you know what? Stripes is not a bully anymore. I saw him actively walk away from a potential confrontation because he didn't want to fight anymore. So I thought it was kind of cool. So anyways, that's my story for the week with the animals. Um, I did get Guinness's um, at the compounding pharmacy. I did get the Vetamedin, it's called Vetamedin. And it's to help um, cardiac patients have a better heartbeat. I am thrilled to death that I, you know, burned the midnight oil and found this compounding pharmacy. So that took the worry of not being able to get it um, from my vet. It took the worry right away. And again, go after something. If, you, if something's not happening correctly, go after it. Focus on it. And I got Guinness's meds. And leave no stone unturned I would be the best advice I could give you. So, Tony, are you there? I'm here. Well, that was really yeah. interesting about the cat, but it does make. I'm telling you, he's a he's a different cat. He's a different cat since I started changing my behavior. Well, you know that does make perfect sense. He just wanted love. Yeah, and he felt like he was at the end of the line. Yeah, yeah. Good catch. Very good catch. Well, you know, during this pandemic and everything, I've spent a lot of time with my animals, getting to know their psyche. (laughs) And I'm doing these little practices of, you know, how their head works and how I can communicate with them better. And even Guinness, um, I sit with him, you know, I'm with him 24-7. He's like attached to my hip. and. He's, he likes, they upped his meds a little bit. The Vedmedin, they gave him a little higher dosage. I can see the difference. He's a little more alert. Um, mm-hmm. He's got the dementia thing going on. It's so funny to see him walk into a room determined to do something and then for, totally forget what he was doing. Right. It happens yeah. all the time. And I come over and I said, well, what were you thinking about? And you could see he's like, I don't know. I was in here first time. I said, well, maybe it's you wanted a treat or maybe you wanted some food. And he goes, yeah, 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 that's what I wanted. <laughs> it's yeah. so cute to watch him try to figure oh. out what he's doing. It reminds me a lot of my dad when he started into his Alzheimer's times. It was interesting to see how he would maneuver around it. And Guinness is maneuvering around it. Now, I'm pumping him full of meds and, you know, herbs and spices over here. And he's going to be 19 this summer. Wow. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Well, he, he's got the dementia. He's yeah. a little bit blind in one eye. He has mm-hmm. a hard time hearing. I have to repeat myself a lot. But, you know, the one thing he still does really good is cuddle. 
He wants to be on that couch. He wants to be in my lap. No matter what happened in the day, that's where he wants to be. So as long as he's doing that, he can stay till 25 as far as I'm concerned. I'll take care of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So how are your little love bugs? Are your little love bugs good? Yes, they are. Um, We did find a new vet. Um, And we made a meet-and-greet visit over there. And it seemed like everybody got along. Alex barked continuously. And um, I need to get their nails cut. But they fight anybody who touches their feet. So April 12th, they have to be sedated. And the vet's going to go in, trim the nails. And I begged her to cut the mats off of Alex's leg. And stomach, and on both of them do a hygiene, you know, shave. But you can't do it unless they're in twilight, and I'm afraid to do that unless there's a doctor right there to watch them. So finally, right? Yeah, because ready. I'm going to go get Veronica, and you talk to our people and tell them how wonderful they are today. (laughs) I will. Hello, wonderful people. Welcome to the show today. And, um, you know, I always encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And don't forget, it's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Michael. Did Jesus actively preach about reincarnation in his sermons? Is this one of the reasons he ran a fold of the Jewish hierarchy at the, at the time? Hmm. Yes, he preached a lot of things. And it was more the Pharisees of the Jewish community that didn't like what he was talking about. And yes, what reincarnation was one of them. The Romans, Pontius Pilate, the reason he washed his hands of it is because he was being pressured so badly by the Pharisees to get rid of Jesus that he said, okay, fine, I condemn him and I'm washing my hands of this. You guys do what you need to do because he was being constantly pressured by the Pharisees. They wanted to control the populace. They wanted to make sure people did what they were supposed to do or what they thought they were supposed to do at the time they were supposed to do it. So... Anything that he talked about that took power away from them or empowered the people who were listening um, was a problem for them. So, yes, he did preach about reincarnation. He taught about the power. He didn't teach submissiveness. He taught empowerment. And Pharisees didn't like that much. So, yes, that's one of the reasons he became executed. Because they had to get, they had to shut him up, as far as they were concerned, because he was teaching people how to empower themselves, and he didn't like, they didn't like it. So that's what happened there, and yeah, he ran afoul of the uh, hierarchy of the Jewish community because they wanted to control just like any other religious environment, and he was teaching the opposite. He was teaching empowerment. Okay, our next question is coming from Joe. 
do animals often reincarnate as a different species? Or do they generally stick to one type of animal in particularly in particular life after life? Well, most of the animals that we know that reincarnate, they kind of like being a dog or they like being a cat. They oftentimes will and reincarnate over and over as the same animal type. However, there are those who are very adventuresome and will try different kinds of animals and try different kinds of experiences. However, we find that a lot of the dogs and cats that are incarnate as, quote, pets in your reality right now, a lot of them have been participating with spirit guides as well to come in in a manifesting physical kind of way to help their humans by sitting with them, soothing them, and participating with them energetically one-on-one in the linear environment. So that in itself would push an animal energy to come back as a dog or a cat, because especially if they're very attached to a human. Most of the time they do come back the same, But there's an equal part that come back as different animals every time. And so there are even some animals that become so advanced in their thinking that they'll come in as a human to see what it's like. Okay. Our next question is coming from Natalie. You often speak of opening up one's energy. What does that entail in linear terms? Well, in your reality, focus is everything. You focus on something, you participate in it. Um, Opening up your energy means actually relaxing your energy so that you're not so intensely focused in the linear. It's very easy to become overly focused on the dramatics and sometimes negative energy that participates in the linear. It's really important to stop yourself and say, wait a minute, what does my energy feel like when it's not encumbered with all this drama? What does my energy feel like when I'm not worried about this, that, or the other? And I just relax my energy and just allow it to ebb and flow out of me, which would mean in a linear way some sort of meditative moment. And it doesn't have to be traditional. It can be going for a walk. It can be sitting down and having a cup of tea. It can be listening to a piece of music that settles you and centers you. There are many things that one can do. And in linear terms, to open up your energy means first you have to calm your energy and unfocus that death grip it has upon the linear and focus upon the energetic, soulful energy that is what you're made of and not so much the linear. We do think that it has to become a practice And it's something you should do often to sit, calm yourself, and open up your energy field, which means no focus upon dramatic linear stuff. Just allow your energy and your thoughts to relax and not focus upon any dramatics. That would be the linear stepping points to do so. So we think opening up your energy is something you all should aspire to. So make it a practice and decide you're going to do it, you can. Okay, Carolyn, 
And Carolyn is being spelled C-A-R-A-L-Y-N. Quite different. I've never seen it like that. She wants to know, my mother-in-law was a devoted Christian who for some reason chose only me to be with her when she died. In my extended family of Christians, I am the only one who has outgrown the staunch Christian beliefs and has moved on to understand a larger reality. Is there a spiritual reason why she chose me, or was it just a fluke? No, it was deliberate. On a higher level, she knew that your perspective about life and reality was an accurate one. Yes, she was a staunch Christian. It's what she was raised to do. It was what she did. But she was also smart enough to recognize you and how your difference in you was something that when she was crossing out of the life, she thought it was important to have you there. Because just in case the Christian values didn't come up like they should and she wasn't going to be supported, she would have you, who she knew clearly, saw life, saw the afterlife, and knew how to maneuver through it. She recognized that in you. Now, she never would have said it consciously, but this was a higher-level perspective coming from her soul to say, all right, I'm crossing out. I have some ideas about what I think is going to happen, but what if it doesn't? And if it doesn't, there's no one I would rather have be here more than Carolyn because she would understand what would need to be done. So the higher part of her knew that having you there was a security blanket in a way. And that's why she picked you. No big mystery, really. And she recognized your growth, and she honored it. So that's why she picked you, Carolyn. And that that's a really beautiful reason to pick you, we think. All right. That was our last question, Veronica. If you want to take a break and come back and give a message to the world, that would be great. <clears throat> All right. Okay. Well, everyone, very interesting show today, as always. And, you know, I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And don't be shy. Uh, Any question that we can get on the air, that would be great to hear from you. Are you there, Veronica? All right. Yes, we are. Well... Here we are, another day, another sunrise, a beautiful sunrise from what we can see from the window here. Why not decide today is going to be a great day? Why not decide that you're not going to pay attention to the negativity today, that you're going to go out and feel the sun on your face or feel the rain on your face and appreciate the fact that you're in the linear reality and it's doing what the linear reality does. There's lots of chaos right now. Attempt, if you can, to focus in on the calm. And all of you have a calm core center in your soul that you can retreat to and that you can engage. We would say make a practice of engaging the calm center that's within you often. 
There's nothing you can do about the chaos around you. It's being created by others, and they're doing their thing, and you're kind of like collateral damage in the chaos energy that's out there. Why not remove yourself from the collateral damage part of it and say to yourself, I'm going to participate only in my soulful energy today, and I'm going to appreciate every nuance of being here. Instead of being fearful of what's being created by others, instead of fearing, you know, how you're going to get through that and all the fear-mongering that goes on, back up and go out and sit in the sun and or sit in the rain. One of the two, doesn't matter. And participate in the feelings of being in reality, especially a dense, thick, dense, linear one. And decide you're going to be happy within it. And you're going to put up the shields and not allow any negativity to permeate into it and not be influenced by the commentary of others who might be negative. Make that choice every day. You are responsible only for yourself, and that self needs to be as positive as possible. By putting out all this positive energy, you're going to help those that are immediately around you and help yourself. Oftentimes, one has to take action for their personal self, and this is the time. Do not allow your energy to engage in the negativity. Pull it back and say, I can observe it, but I'm not going to be in it. And we think all of you will get through the reality and some of the negativity chaos that's going on quite well, if you think that way. Spirit is trying to calm your chaos there. But each of you calm yourself internally, that would be a big help as well. So decide today to be happy. Find one thing that makes you happy and participate in it. And keep the positive flow of energy from you and the reality of your, that you're in at being black and forth. It's a much better way to be in the reality at this time. So stay positive and focus. Great. Thank you, Veronica. As always, a great message, and I hope everybody enjoyed our show today. And we'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, have a good week. Bye-bye.